Welcome, friends, to my Discipleship Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Chu, and each episode is designed to build your faith and help you discover your purpose in life. Now, enjoy today's message. Chapter 6. Number 3. Cultivate. The Bible says in Genesis 2, verse 15, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it. God has finished creating the world. He's created man and given him a fabulous place to live with incredible potential. He's put the man in charge of it all, asking him to cultivate the garden. What does this really mean? Cultivate means to till, prepare the ground, and do the kind of things that promote growth through your labor and attention. It also means to improve, to take whatever you have and make it better, to create the conditions to sustain life, and to do the kind of things that make it even better than you found it. When God told Adam to cultivate the garden, he wanted Adam to bring out the very best to maximize the potential. God wants Adam to cultivate everything within the garden, everything within his own world, and everything he touches, he calls his own. This begs the question of us, how are we doing cultivating our gardens? Are our actions bringing out the very best in our wife, our children, our family members, our friends, and our co-workers? Are we maximizing the potential of everyone and everything around us? Are we cultivating an atmosphere in our homes that welcomes God and His presence in all we do? Are you taking ownership of this critical responsibility? When I was being critical and complaining about my family, this was the area the Lord dealt with me the most. I never voiced my thoughts on why my wife and children were not growing spiritually or why our family was not like other families. God firmly rebuked me and said that my family was not the problem. I was the problem. I repented for my faults as a husband and a father. God said I was not cultivating my home's atmosphere to enable my wife and children to grow. A real man will cultivate the atmosphere of his home. One of my roles as husband and father is to nurture, promote, encourage, support, help, develop, improve, and enrich my family. I must bring out the very best in my wife and children. I must maximize the potential in everything that God has given me. One of the ways we can cultivate the atmosphere is with our words. The Bible says in Proverbs 18.21 that death and life are in the power of the tongue. In my prayer time, I started to speak words of life over my wife and children. During our family devotion time, we began to speak words of affirmation to each other. I was taking my responsibility to nurture, encourage, and enrich the environment in my home. Thank God, the atmosphere in our home started to change. Melissa and our children began to thrive and grow. I mentioned earlier that a woman can operate as an incubator. An incubator's function is to bring life, growth, and multiplication to whatever you place inside the incubator. If you do not like the negative words coming out of your wife, you might have to evaluate what are you speaking in your home. If you talk negatively to your wife, 
she will incubate your words and speak out negatively in return. Husbands, make a habit of speaking words of life, hope, and vision to your wife, and she will incubate what you say. The next time you feel discouraged about your job, she will speak back to you words of life, wisdom, and encouragement. A wife can remember something you said, good or bad, 15 years ago. Even our children will also repeat and mimic the things that we say and do. A real man must encourage, promote, and develop his wife's gifts, talents, abilities in a marriage. The husband should not oppress his wife, but instead find ways to improve her. He should be happy if his wife wants to go back to school and he finds a way to pay for it. Melissa really enjoys health and fitness and had a desire to become a fitness instructor to help others. I was excited when she told me about getting certified. Still, I was not thrilled when she told me the cost of the certification. Then I heard this voice telling me, cultivate your wife, promote, encourage, and support her. I told Melissa to sign up and I would pay for her fitness certification. Dress the garden. The Bible says in Genesis 2.15, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it. This next particular aspect of cultivating your wife usually gets a favorable response from women. God told the man to dress the garden, which means to make the garden look good. A husband should want his wife to look good. A real man will give his wife the credit card when his wife wants to buy new clothes and get her hair done. Men, if your wife looks good, you will not be looking around at other women. A husband should be faithful to cultivate his garden, the wife that God has given him. A real man will not cultivate a garden that belongs to someone else. I mentioned earlier that when Melissa and I were dating, I would do anything to buy her what she wanted. Then when we got married and things changed, I became more aware of what we were spending. Melissa wanted to get her nails and hair done, and I would always think to myself, how much is that going to cost? I'm not saying we should spend recklessly, of course, because God wants us to be good stewards of our finances. My point is that a man, by God's design, is to cultivate, help, support, improve, and dress his wife, make sure it's part of the budget. Caveman Mentality In general, men can have a caveman mentality about the basic needs of food, sex, sleep, and hobbies. This again supports my theory on money, sex, and religion as three common arguments in marriage. When God was dealing with me about cultivating my home and taking care of my wife's needs, Melissa asked me if we could buy a new mattress. Melissa had been through several years of sleepless nights taking care of our little babies. We went shopping for a mattress, and Melissa found the one she wanted. When I saw the high price tag, I was in shock and almost had a heart attack. I asked the salesman if there were any other lower price options. He showed me one on sale for much less than the one she wanted. I tried my best to convince Melissa that it was perfect. She tested it out and said it was uncomfortable. For 15 minutes, we tried to convince each other that the one we preferred was better. Finally, Melissa looked at me and said, Honey, this mattress is more comfortable. It feels great on my back. And now I will finally get a good night's sleep. Don't you want me to have a good night's rest? Then 
the caveman light bulb went off in my head. If my wife's back feels better and she sleeps better, that means we will have our private intimacy time. I finally realized it was the right decision to cultivate my wife. It was my role to take care of her overall well-being. I told the salesman that we would buy the expensive mattress. As we were checking out, the salesman realized that the mattress had just gone on sale by 40%. This was a good day for our marriage. Melissa is athletic and health conscious, and this was a positive quality that caught my attention when we first met. We both enjoy exercising, playing sports, and eating healthy. We were members of a health club and enjoyed working out. Melissa said her friends at the same health club were signing up for a 6 a.m. exercise class one day. I said, sounds great, go for it. Then Melissa said it was going to cost an additional $40 per month. I immediately thought it was too expensive. We were already paying $160 per month for our health club membership. And then I heard this voice in my head, Brian, cultivate, improve, support, and dress your wife. I told Melissa to go ahead and sign up, have fun, and that I was proud of her. That caveman mentality kicked in again, and I thought to myself, happy wife equals happy life. I should be happy that my wife desires to be healthy. The truth is, a real man will do what they can to enable their wife to grow, feel fulfilled, and loved. This will dramatically lower the chances of a marriage failure and raise the chances of an even happier marriage. Men, if you are not happy with your marriage, it may be your own fault. Ask God to show you. The scriptures say, We can ask anything of him and he will answer. When you have a well-dressed wife, you will not need to look elsewhere for love and affection because you'll have the best woman ever right next to you. Proverbs 22 and verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. One of the best gifts a man can give to his children is to love their mother openly and honestly. Let your kids see what a good marriage looks like. Let them know how a good marriage resolves conflict, unites under pressure, and resolves differences. Let them see how you and their mother are not perfect, that troubles will come, but that's no reason to call it quits. Show them that a commitment to marriage is just that, a commitment, and it's for a lifetime. Let them see you and your wife pray and seek God daily for wisdom and guidance. Show them, by your deeds, what charity means, what caring for the less fortunate means, what the love of Christ is really all about. By doing all these things, you are setting up your children to be devoted followers of Christ and to have successful lives and marriages. So men, have you been cultivating your wife? If you haven't, it's time to start. If you already are cultivating her, then purpose in your heart to do even better. Start improving how you keep her, and watch her start growing into an even more beautiful woman, wife, mother, and helper. You won't be able to live without her as it should be. Summary of Chapter 6 Number 3 Cultivate A real man must maximize the potential of everyone and everything around him. 
A real man must improve, encourage, and equip his wife, children, and atmosphere of his home. A real man speaks words of life to his wife and children. Chapter 7 Number 4 Protect The Bible says in Genesis 2.15, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to watch and guard the garden. The fourth role of a real man is to protect his wife and family. I am the proud father of three daughters, which makes this protector's role really important to me. God told the man in Genesis 2.15 to watch, guard, and protect the garden. That is why men, in general, are physically larger and stronger than women. God designed men this way to protect their family and not bring harm. My wife and children should feel safe when they are with me. A husband who hurts his wife or a father who commits incest with his daughter, for example, is abusing his God-given power. The word abuse comes from two words, abnormal and use. When a man uses his physical strength to harm or violate a woman, that is abnormal use or abuse. When a girl goes out on a date with a young man, she should return home safe and not pregnant. A real man who walks in God's presence and understands his role as protector will never physically hit a woman. In Genesis 3, the serpent, the enemy, came to the woman with an evil plan and purpose. It says here in Genesis 3, 1 through 5, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows in that day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. First of all, if Adam was with Eve when this happened, he should have protected her from the serpent. It was his responsibility to watch, guard, and protect the garden. Perhaps Adam could have stopped the enemy. It appears that Adam was with Eve when the serpent was talking to her. The Bible says in Genesis 3.6 that Eve ate the fruit, gave some to her husband who was with her. The enemy is always looking for an opportunity to attack and deceive us. The Bible says in John 10.10, 10, The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. Whatever truly happened, it was still the man's job to protect and guard the garden. It says there in Genesis 2.15, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to watch and guard the garden. In my home, I do my best to protect our family from harm. I have installed a video alarm system, I lock the doors at night, and sleep with a protective weapon by my bed. One night, we were all asleep, and the doorbell rang at 1.30 a.m. in the morning. I got up and stumbled to the front door, but nobody was there. Then Melissa said she heard footsteps at the back door. She immediately ran into the closet and called the police. I went into protector mode and ran outside looking for this predator. 
The police arrived and examined inside and outside of our home and thankfully did not find anything. The point is that once I sensed danger and fear in my wife, something internally put me on protector mode. Now let's say Adam was not with Eve when the serpent came to her, or maybe he was asleep. Adam should have taught her ahead of time how to protect herself. Inevitably, a husband and wife will not always be with each other throughout the day. A husband must still do whatever possible to teach, empower, and equip his wife to feel safe. Opportunity Melissa and I often travel together on ministry trips. Early in our marriage, about two weeks before a trip, she would get sick, upset stomach, sneezing, coughing, allergies, etc. She would say, Honey, please pray for me. Like a good husband, I would pray for God to heal her body. Miraculously, she would be healed right before we left on the trip. Once, we were getting ready to go to Indonesia and Singapore for a ministry trip. Two weeks before we left, Melissa was attacked with sneezing and a runny, stuffy nose. She asked me to pray for her, but this time I took the opportunity to teach Melissa how to pray for herself. I told Melissa that I'm going to teach you how to take authority and defeat the enemy of sickness. I said, You can pray for yourself, you can confess the word and receive your healing. Then I went into another room and got my suitcase. She called after me. What are you doing? I said, I'm packing. I'm going to Indonesia and Singapore. I have a lot of things to do. You better get healed. Otherwise, you're not going to go. Melissa seemed to be angry with me. I said, honey, turn that anger on the devil. As I packed, I asked, honey, should I bring this shirt and these jeans? She was furious. But then the light bulb went on for Melissa, and she started praying in the spirit and in her understanding. In the name of Jesus, I have authority over sickness and disease. In the name of Jesus, I am called with my husband to preach the gospel and go to the nations. In the name of Jesus, I command sickness and disease to go. Thank God Melissa received her healing, and we had an incredible ministry trip to Indonesia and Singapore. God has entrusted men with a heavy responsibility, one that is not to be taken lightly. With that heavy responsibility, comes even greater accountability. You can't have one without the other. Do not neglect your responsibility to protect and guard your family. Do not abuse or take advantage of those God has asked you to protect. Instead, approach this task with great humility and grace, as the high honor that it is. Ask God to help you to do your very best and to be pleasing to Him. Pray for your family each day and walk in obedience to His word. God will bless you and help you be the best protector you can, and there can be no greater joy. Summary of Chapter 7 Number 4. Protect A real man must watch, guard, and protect his family. A real man must never use his strength to abuse his family. A real man must teach his wife and children how to protect themselves. Thank you, friend, for listening to my discipleship podcast. You can visit my website and send me your prayer requests and feedback. And to get more of my discipleship resources, visit our website at www.nowhope.org. Until next time, 
I pray that you will stand strong in your faith.